Presently, I'm uh, I'm in San Diego, California, wow. and uh, I'm a 66-year-old retired law enforcement officer. 25 years at sheriff's office uh, and six years in the military. Four children, four grandchildren of San Diego, where I'm from. I grew up in Southern California, so it was a chance for me to come on back home after my career was over with. April 30th, 2008, uh, I was out on a leisure ride on my motorcycle. It was the first spring day we had in Branson, Missouri. And uh, I just decided to take a ride. Uh, Ozark Mountains are very mountain. Uh, they're not like mountains, but they're really hilly. They call them mountains. But there's a lot of sharp curves and a lot of places, you know, blind spots as you're riding around. And so I was just out on a leisure ride one day, and uh, I was going like 30 miles an hour around a 30 mile an hour curve. And uh, I noticed a truck coming toward me uh, head on and he swerved to miss me. But when he did, uh, he was hauling bells of hay. And when he when he swerved, the bells of hay came off and I hit one of the bells and it caused me to go off a pretty steep embankment, a cliff, kind of a cliff side there in the Ozarks. And, I lost control of my motorcycle and I hit a tree and was ejected from my bike probably about 25 yards down a steep embankment there in the Ozark Mountains, out in the middle of nowhere. I tried to brace myself my fall with my left hand and when I did, it snapped my finger in my left hand. And uh, the Ozark Mountains are very unforgiving and it's pretty much all rocks, uh, why they call it table rock, on the pretty solid ground and I pretty much broke every major bone in most of my body, both legs, both arms, back, uh, ribs, uh, collarbone, and and I crushed my left leg and I, my right arm was completely broken so bad to the point where it was at like a 90 degree angle. And so I could not move at all from my neck down. I can turn my head, but I couldn't move the rest of my body and I knew I was out in the middle of nowhere where I couldn't be found. And I couldn't get my cell phone out to call for help. And I was bleeding pretty heavily uh, internally. And my body was going into shock. And I knew I was, uh, I just, you know, said a quick prayer and said, okay, Lord, this is my destiny. And I've met it. And I'm ready to go, go on to heaven because I'm not going to survive this. And probably about, I don't think it was a few seconds after that. An uh, elderly lady knelt down next beside me who was wearing uh, dark rimmed glasses and had white hair down to her shoulders and was in a 60s style dress. And she just appeared out of nowhere and knelt down next to my side. And she didn't speak any English words to me. She just, we just kind of spoke. I don't know how you, I guess you just know inside your soul. You, she kind of let me know that I'm, I'm here to help you. And uh, she stayed there for about maybe, maybe no more than 30 seconds. And then there was some gentlemen coming down the side of the hill. And uh, I looked to my right and I could see these gentlemen coming down the hill. And when they came down the hill, they uh, seen how bad I was and then she disappeared. So I mean, she was gone and uh, they called 911 and and after that, I was 
transferred to the hospital and made it to the hospital about eight hours later because it's so far away from a trauma center. So it, it took them quite a bit of time to find an ambulance who could transfer me to Springfield, Missouri. But after I got to the hospital, uh, they had uh, x-rayed my body and I had pretty much broken my back really bad, both arms, my leg, ribs, collarbone. And I was scheduled for major surgeries. And that week after surgery, I was low about four pints of blood. So I can see clearly on the other side of the veil in my hospital room, there were there were beings in there. There were people in there. And when I closed my eyes, I couldn't see them. But when I opened my eyes, I can see them. I'm not talking about the hospital staff. I, I'm, I'm seeing people who are on the other side. Some people were good and some people were bad. And the longer I stayed in the hospital and the, the months it took me to recover, time to recover, uh, after about six months, I started realizing who was that person who knelt down beside me. And it took me, it took me about six months because I spent the next six months in a body cast and recovering from the, the, the intense pain and everything I was going through. But after I thought about it for a while, I thought, well, Lord, who was that lady? And then it hit me who she was. Uh, when I was 10 years old in Long Beach, California, there was an elderly lady down the street from us in 1966 who had a little thing for the kids in the neighborhood. She called the Good News Bible Club. So we'd go over to her house once a week and she would teach us children book stories out of the Bible. And she would give us, you know, like these little marshmallow treats and stuff. And after I thought about it, and then and then I told my sister about it, I asked my sister to describe that lady, and she described her. And then I told her, I said, that was the lady who knelt down beside me after my crash. So she was there like, in, like immediately after my crash. Yeah, just somebody to, to comfort me and somebody to greet you if you're going to cross over to the other side no one really knows the hour of your death only only god himself knows but they always have somebody standing by just in case and in this case it was her because if it would have been my grandmother then i probably would have went in severe shock because it had to be somebody you know and trusted but somebody you didn't know right away i took it at that and 14 years goes by and i'm looking at this picture in my hospital room and i never noticed this at all and somebody else on a near-death experience seen the picture and they said did you see the face that's laying in your uh, that appears uh, that's appearing in your hospital gown on your shoulder and i said no let me look at it again so i looked at it and i showed it to all my family and we all agreed that it looked like grandma did when she was younger well my grandmother was in that hospital room with me the whole time because i was lifeless you know my body was four pints of blood and i was fighting for my life and I was seeing over to the spirits on the other side anyway and but I didn't realize that she was there but she was laying next to me the whole time and if I thought about it I said well my grandmother was alive and she would have seen me in that condition she certainly would have been a nervous wreck and she would have been in that hospital room and she wouldn't have left my side none of her grandchildren so I believe that's who that image of that face was. And then somebody pointed out there was an elderly man standing next to her. And I looked at the image again, and you can see the shape of a of man. So I thought about my granddad, her husband, and he was the type of man who was a very 
strong man. He didn't have never have a lot of emotions and stuff, but he certainly would have been there next to her, you know, and and stayed with her until she thought that she can leave. And then I noticed to the left side of my picture, there appeared to be a, a young girl, maybe looks like she was five years old and over my, it would have been over my right shoulder. And I don't have a clue who she was, but my little brother passed away at five months old and I often feel his spirit all the time with me. And I often ask why he left, left as a baby, but we don't know these things. But I have a spiritual gift where I can feel uh, clean spirits and, and dirty spirits out there. It's just something I was born with. I don't ask for it. it it's just something that God gave me. And I have a gift of prophetic dreams where I, where I see things before they happen sometimes. Several things that have happened here recently with all the things that's going on in the world. I know what's really God has shown me, but I don't sell it i don't preach it i don't stand on the corner and say it's art you know you draw it and if it looks good you know you, somebody says hey that's great that's great but i don't go around trying to make money or anything like that on it uh, i i got away from the church after all this happened because i realized the the religions in the world that that was a lady who taught me that when i was 10 years old but i don't believe in organized religion and i don't believe in you know, the 55,000 religions of the world are going to take you anywhere. And I think you have to experience that for yourself until you until you experience what it feels like to be dying or to have died and then be allowed to come back and share your story. You can't stand up in a church and preach to somebody who has never done that. Experience it for yourself. I didn't ask for that. I often ask. I had miraculous healing from it. Now, I still have my legs are still crooked. From my crash, I'm walking without pain. Uh, <clears throat> my back was so bad at one time after my crash that I wanted to take my life. And I told my wife at the time, she divorced me over this, by the way. I, I told her at the time to leave my gun in the bedroom and I was going to end my life because of the pain. I'm a strong man. I'm a retired law enforcement officer. I'm, I'm a soldier. But the pain was to the point where pain pills wasn't working. And so I was begging God either to take me home or to relieve me of this pain. And so I went down to Texas and to a Andrew Womack prayer meeting one time. And there was a, he asked me if I needed, needed healing. So I went down there to the podium and this elderly man put his hand on my back. And his hand went down. I didn't tell him where the pain was. And I felt this intense heat. The next day, I literally threw the pain pills away. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor took an x-ray, and he said my back had appeared to have healed nicely, was his words. I still got the scars, and my legs are crooked, but I'm not in pain. I can walk for miles. I can. I, I don't tempt. I don't try to lift things heavy. I was in pain for, I was in a body cast for six months, and a will for two years. I couldn't walk. I couldn't. My legs were so bad. They wanted me to go multiple surgeries, but I refused. And my my orthopedic surgeons all told I had five of them. They all told me if I didn't get surgeries, more surgeries, that I would never walk again. But I refused to believe that. I'm I'm a man of faith, and so my ex-wife was so irritated with me. She divorced me over it. She said, "You you know you're going to be in a wheelchair all your life. Determined to get up on my legs and walk again. You know you have to fight." God will, will bring you through that, but he does, he expects us to, to still fight, you know, and, but my dreams 
my prophetic dreams continued on after that. I have, they come in symbolic dreams. I've been taken up to the spirit a few times and I've been being able to see a place where I, I can guarantee you I didn't want to come back from. I mean, it was like, I don't want to go back into this world because this place was, I, can, I can't even remember how beautiful it was. All I know is when I woke, I, can't, I was all like floating on the bed. It's just like, I didn't want to get up. I refused to move. I was like, this, this we got to go back here because this place is awesome. There's, there is a place for God's people that's new, but there's also a place for the evil people, the, those who want to hurt children, the evil souls, those people who live and laugh to hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And they they belong in a, in a place that you and I don't belong to. And mm -hmm. I was allowed to see that place. And if they say, well, I, I can go what we call hell, I wouldn't even call it hell because I ran a jail for 25 years. And inside that wall, that jail, were several different types of people. There wasn't all evil people. There were some, you know, some people who were in jail by driving drunk. Or there were some people who did petty thefts. There were yeah. some good people who just got caught up. You know, they mess with drugs or whatever. But then there was a place for real evil people, the child molesters, the murderers, you know, the rapists, the gangsters. This place for these evil, the drug dealers, these places, they were all behind the bar. They're all behind the jail, but there's a section. So there, when I was in the hospital, I was seeing these people walking in front of my hospital bed, and they were all, they were all white, and they were wearing dingy dingy hospital gowns and i couldn't see him and some people would look at me with real mean faces and some of them would look at me like what are you looking at and i was seeing these and i'm asking god who are these people who are these people they're not really evil and and the lord put in my heart that these people these people are people who lived a long time in this world 80 90 100 years and they never learned and they and they're walking and 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 they're getting right now what their souls were and, but then i've seen beautiful people i've seen people whose souls are so bright that just uh, i got to meet one of my guardian angels who who was just somebody i i knew has always been around but i had to meet one of them and he was about i was taken up into this big white beautiful barn and looked like a, a bar stools that were like maybe five foot high and when I walked in there, uh, somebody big bumped into me and I turned around and I was up to about his sternum and I looked up and it's this beautiful man, about seven foot, seven foot two tall. And he was wearing all white. And he's, he said, did I scare you? And I go, no, you don't scare me. I'm not scared of nobody. You know, so he picks me up by the shoulder and he sets me up on the stool. So where I, he says, that's good. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to help you. I'm one guardian angel i'm here to help you through this life so i that was one experience and then the other one was being caught up in all oh, the most beautiful place in the world and but my accident my accident happened i don't know if my heart stopped or not i do know my body was lifeless mm -hmm. i can tell you that uh, they had to give me four pints of blood and with with that, with all the pain medication, I could see clearly to the other side. It, it was there. I didn't see anybody I knew, but mm -hmm. I now know that my grandmother and my grandpa was there. I don't know who the little girl was. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, we didn't lose. I lost my baby brother at five months old. Mm -hmm. But when people give these stories, 
as long as they're not trying i could i believe anybody's near-death experience drunk so but i do believe those who have crossed over they can come back and visit you but there's so much to do and so much to see in god's creation it's like hey you're gonna be okay without me don't worry because you, you're gonna see me again and it's like i know i'll see my brother again and my grandparents and my mother who had passed after my accident uh but i don't believe in religion put on a, a suit and turn around wipe up you know jabber a bunch of garbage and you know god is 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 supreme and i do believe in his son because to me that's the only thing that makes sense is a sacrifice for our wrongdoings for god to send his son and sacrifice that for you don't know that you don't have to be in a church you don't have to be belong to a religion all you got to do is accept it by faith and then god works this miracle inside your soul from out from the inside out and all the things i my millions of imperfections are perfect in his eyes because he's cleansing me from the inside out because i know i'm a man of, of a, a million imperfections but i'm still a man and i still have my faith and that my faith has gotten stronger since my accident. I said, well, why, God, did I have to go through this? Well, why did that baby have to have a car accident? Or why was that baby, you know, lifeless body at birth or whatever? This is mysterious things that we just don't know for more than others. And why do some people living in a body that was burnt beyond recognition, but yet they're still alive and have to suffer through so much hardship and pain? You know, I don't have no answers to this. I really don't. But I do know that my pain was more than I could bear. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I surrendered it to God six months later that that pain disappeared. And I was able to get up and walk. And I'm so thankful for that because I know that there's, I wouldn't be here if, if God was done with me because that other side is where you want to go. And your loved ones are over there and they're enjoying what we can enjoy here on this earth because of the ugliness and the darkness that invades this world right now. And the love that people need to learn to love one another, regardless of who you are and regardless of your skin color or where you're from or whatever. They can't put that judgment on nobody. You have to know that you're here and they're here and you're all in the same boat together in the world. But this world is invaded by dark souls for those who that they they love and they want to they want to live a life that's evil and they want to hurt you and they want to hurt me and they want to kill us it's a little bit more the lord himself is going to cleanse this world of all that and we're we got a new world coming and god left me alive to tell what the what those people a lot of people i know people who have i didn't have one of those white light mm -hmm. tunnel things or anything like that and i didn't see the lord jesus christ i didn't see nobody except my Sunday school teacher. She's the only one I've seen. But the out-of-body experience I had was, I was like somebody came in the room and took me by the hand, and I was like taken up out the window or something, went somewhere. And all I know is I didn't want to come back. This place was so, I mean, it make the it make Emerald City look ugly. It was so beautiful. Describe it in earthly terms because we don't know these colors. We don't know this sound. We don't know this this music. And I've heard other people describe the same thing, just to see right across the veil. I was able to see the people 
who are already over there. I mean, it's like this real thin veil between us and them. You don't go nowhere. There's people who have passed away who, who don't even know they passed away. They're still <laughs> wandering around. They, they don't have no, they, they're trying to do things in their house. California and a bed and breakfast there, there was a middle-aged woman who had passed and uh, I seen her inside. She was inside the linen closet trying to make up the beds in the place, you know? So I prayed over the place. I prayed over and I told her, I said, you just need to go toward the light because you're in limbo here. And I don't even think she realized that she had passed away, but she didn't want to leave that house. So there are spirits who don't want to leave. They, they, there's like, I got finished this before I, before I go to wherever I got to go. Then there's other spirits who said, nah, man, I'm out of here, man. Just, I don't like this play. I, I just went to the other side. And, but then there's probably dark spirits who realize, hey, you know, I messed up. And I, I, God showed me that place for those evil people. And it's like this big black square and they can't get out. It's not fire. It's not hellfire and all that. It's a place where they're, Jesus said they're a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And these evil beings were just there because they're evil and couldn't get out. Only God can get them out of there if he does it all. But I believe they're, they were possessed by these evil spirits and they want to hurt people and they want to kill babies and they want to eat babies and they want cannibalism. They, these are the evil, the evil, are the, they make the evil people look even more. And they were in this little black square and I can hear them. They wasn't talking. They were just going, they were making these grinding like their teeth sound like, oh, like help. wanted to say help, they couldn't say help me. They were just moaning. And I thought, that's sad. Nobody should be there. And all you got to do to avoid going there is just open up your heart to the light of Christ, that love, that that agape love that we don't understand. It's a love that, that forgives you a million times over for your, your shortcomings. It's a love that God says, look, I created you. And, but I want to love you and I want to love you because you're my child. And it don't matter who you are or what, what part of country you come from. I just set up and let me love you first and I will give to you everything, you know, that your heart's desire, you know, that will, of course, is in line with, with his word. But if you want to do evil, you better know that there's a place for you that's not going to be, you think you're going to be down there dancing with the devil and partying and shaking hands with all your buddies. No, I, I, I would not gamble with my soul. And I wouldn't gamble with those who don't believe in the afterlife because they're going to have to experience. And I was I was at the park the other day and there was a big stand up. And the guy said, come here, be an atheist like us. You can do anything you want to do. And I wanted to go over there. But the Lord put in my heart to just leave them alone. You're not going to convince them. You, you have to leave them alone because they're going to have to find out for themselves. And so that's the saddest thing is for a man or a woman to walk in the world and go, I don't need no God. I don't need nothing. You don't need religion. Get rid of religion. Religion is, is bad. It's it's bad. It's man-made. But you do need to you need to you do need our Father in heaven who's the creator of all things. And his son has already paid that ultimate price for us, you know. So I would just open up to that and just let God be the one to change your life. What we're going through, if you're going through a hard time, I've been there, I've done it. I've been flat on my floor, be naked, begging God to take my life. I, I, my, my body was lifeless. I've been there. I see the other side, but there's a reason why God keeps you alive. You're going to go through suffering. You're going to go through pain. It's not okay. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But He won't put more on you than you can handle. He's healed. 
I come to a point, I said, Lord, that's it. Close the door, give me my gun. I'm going to put an end to this pain once and for all. I can't go another day like this. And that's when the Lord stepped in and completely healed my back where I was literally off pain medication the next day. And I mean, that's, that's what he wants. When you surrender it all to the living God, he has that power to deliver you from that affliction. And there's, like he told Paul, Paul said, I don't want this. I want, he said, well, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, he wanted what that thorn was. Okay, my back is healed, but my legs are still crippled. I got scars on my arm. I can't use my right arm very good, but I'm a musician. I can still play the guitar. I can still play the uh -huh. drums. You uh -huh. see, I can't bowl or play golf, but I don't care. You see, because God left enough there, left the scars on me, left the scars on me that people can see that what I've been through. And if you look at that picture of me, you go, how did you make it through that? Because God wasn't ready to take me home yet. That's how I made it through that. And it was pure, horrible pain for the next six months. And I don't wish that on nobody. I don't want nobody to have to go through that. But my message to people is, you're going to make it. One way or the other, you're going to make it. Keep fighting until you can't fight no more, and then God will take the rest. He loves you. There's a new world coming. You're going to be very pleased when it does come.